Reed's Ranch is presented by Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. Someone is on call 24-7, 365. If you're finding yourself needing legal representation, Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. DUI defense, criminal defense, personal injury lawyer, some of those lunatics inside Neyland Stadium, they better not say guilty. They better say Garza. Saw some of those guys getting handcuffed and carried out. Call Marcos. If you're a fan of the podcast, call Marcos. He'll get you out of trouble. Or at least he'll give you the best chance possible to get out of trouble or get the best result possible for you. GarzaLaw.com. Don't say guilty. Say Garza. Let's get to the podcast. A victory podcast. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on extra point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. A victory edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you Monday, October 28th. It's about 530. What's up, Seth Hughes? Not much, John. How you doing? I'm doing okay, man. I'm actually really good if my dog will quit barking downstairs, but otherwise I'm really good. My sports teams keep winning. I keep winning awards and new sponsors and the Discord's growing. We got new patrons. Life's good, man. It's been a good it's been a good seven days for John Reed. Been a great seven days for John Reed. Yeah, no, everything's good for me. The Titans, the uh, the Vols win, the Hawks are winning, Trey Young's balling. Like I said, I, I won an award, got a new sponsor, so everything's good, man. Good, I'm happy. Uh, tremendous, tremendous game for the Titans yesterday. I thought they were, I thought they were gonna, thought they were gonna lose, but they pulled it out. You were my eyes and ears because I had to go to a charity 5K and I was out walking. And I uh, couldn't figure out my my battle with technology is one of the uh, the longest running feuds. People were trying to give me links to find the game on, and every time I would click it, it would tell me to download something else. And I was just like, I'm not doing this. I can't. One site wanted my credit card information. Another wanted me to like allow them to like have my microphone. I was like, no, fuck it. So in the Discord, you're giving me play by play, and. At one point, all you said was, God damn it. And I was just like, um, you got to give me more than that, man. I don't know what that means. Is that good or bad? Because my phone wasn't working. It wasn't uploading. And you had me pretty nervous. But the Titans won, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I actually don't think you lost technology that time. I think you did the right thing. There's a, I don't think there's a way to do it without being on Wi-Fi and getting or like getting a million viruses and you know, getting your credit card hacked. So, but luckily they won. Shout out to Jameis Winston. Um, Who's still better than Marcus Mariota, by the way. He is like a little kid. Bruce Arian said it wasn't his fault. Bruce Arian said neither one of those interceptions were his fault. They were the receiver's fault. I'm going to trust Bruce Arians. I'm not still caping for Jameis Winston in 2019. I don't want to talk about that game anymore. We're trying to get to six and four. The Vols are trying to get to seven and five. Let's talk about the Vols. What is there to say? Fry! Hush! Enough! <laughs> We're trying to get to seven and five. We finally beat Will Muschamp's goofy ass. Will Muschamp finally had to eat shit. Life's good here in Knoxville. A huge win, a huge win. Uh, beat him like a dog. 
2.7 yards per carry to one of the best rushing teams in the SEC, a team that had ripped Georgia on the ground. Feaster, you know, I mean, like, Dowdle and Feaster had been pretty much doing whatever they wanted. And um, Dowdle was, of course, out, but they hadn't really had a drop-off with Feaster, and he had nothing. He had absolutely nothing. Um, Zero points in the second half. Bob McRib said in the game thread at halftime, he he said, "How, how does Pruitt give up 21 first half points to this mush champ. And I was like, we don't say that in 2000. I'm just quoting. I'm quoting. I'm not. Well, I'm telling you, I'm telling both of you, we don't say that in 2019. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, he's kind of got a point there. Who's to write that out? I was like, you know, he's, he's kind of got a point. And then I guess Pruitt agreed with Bob because Pruitt proceeded to shut out Pruitt, uh, mush champ in the second half. Didn't let him breathe. Two special teams touchdowns. But the quarterback play, my goodness, the quarterback play. Yeah, there were a couple things that really caught my eye. Uh, the first one was, look, if you take the 75-yard play away that happened the very first play, Helensky threw the ball 50 times for like 240 yards. That is really shitty. You're going to win if that's your quarterback stat. So they threw the ball a whole bunch and – didn't do a lot with it outside of the first play. Outside of the first play, they didn't do anything at all. The second thing, of course, is like you said, uh, JT Garantano went 18 of 30 for 351 yards and three touchdowns. How beautiful was that touchdown pass to Callaway? Oh, it was perfection. The entire thing, like the way he he the play action pass and his drop back. And then him stepping into the throw, I mean, it was it was poetry in motion. And the throw was just perfect. And then Callaway getting to the five-yard line and turning around and just talking shit to that defensive back. It's funnier because the first play of the second half was that same exact play, and Garantano let it hang up in the air. And it was still a 50-yard completion, but... Then JT Stroud came in and just flopped his hog out and hit it right in stride. Yeah, like we had heard for I don't know how long that JT Stroud has the best arm on the team. You know, he's got a cannon, and uh, we finally saw it because he definitely, without question, throws the best deep ball on the team. And it wasn't just that throw. He made several good throws. The first the first third down converse, the first third down conversion that he had, I guess the first or second drive on the crossing route, to Jennings, like, that wasn't an easy throw. It wasn't a huge window. Like, he hit Jennings in stride. We got a first down. Like, he looked good. Besides that one throw when we were up 31-21 to 21, right before we took the, the field goal to go up 13 points, he looked good. And the very dumb play where he ran out of bounds whenever he had a wide-open first down. That was bad. That was bad. Shout-out to Pruitt's. Shout-out to the microphone for catching Pruitt, just dropping a couple F-bombs. What do you say, get your dumb fucking ass over here? Yeah. I mean, that's how I felt listening to it on the radio. Bob was uh, disgusted at him running out of bounds there. It was pretty... Um, or I guess it was Tim. Tim was disgusted at him running out of bounds there. It was pretty bad. It was pretty It was, it was uh, pretty bad. Garantano, though, um, we have said a lot of bad things about him, but... I guess the one thing that you cannot say is that he's a quitter. Maybe he's too stupid to quit. Maybe his brain is scrambled from CTE, so he doesn't know that he should have quit. But he hasn't quit, and he played his easily his best game of the season Saturday, maybe of the last two years. I don't know. The throw to Jennings, the last touchdown to Jennings, was just... That was perfection. Uh, that was him audibling at the line, recognizing the coverage, he only had a, you know, a second and a half to throw it. He scrambled to the right to draw a little bit extra time and then just lobbed it up. Perfect throw. It reminds me this a goddamn little. Goddamn dog doesn't quit barking. Hey, Frank, enough! Now it reminds you of what? What'd you say? It reminds me a little bit of the fourth and one play against Florida last year to Austin Pope where like he kind of just threw it off his back foot in the air and it just was perfectly placed. It reminded me a little bit of that. It was a perfect throw. Like I went back and watched. I don't even think Jennings had really broke on the little post by the time Garantano threw it and he led him perfect. 
he played awesome. I mean, not awesome, but awesome for him. He played awesome for him. Yeah, he missed, like, there was one long crossing route to Jennings where it looked like Palmer was wide damn open down the sideline, and it ended up being a huge gain to Jennings, but it looked like Palmer had a touchdown. He is what he is, and knowing what he is, like, he played as good as possible, I feel like. You know, there's been very few people outside of this podcast that have been in the corner for Chris Winkie since the beginning. But we have been pro-Chris Winkie. Nobody else has... We have never given up on Chris Winkie. We have never given up on Will Friend. A lot of people did. Uh, but we kept saying, hey, just give these guys time. They will get this right. Everyone wanted to fire Will Friend in fall camp. Everyone wanted to fire Chris Winkie about a month ago. But the only two people that were saying nope were me and you. And it was good to see our faith produce a little results. It was good to see our faith come to fruition because uh, Chris Winkie might actually maybe can coach, I guess. I don't know. We don't really know, but I'm just glad we stuck with him through thick and thin because it was a fantastic day for him. And if there was ever any doubt about whether or not it was smart to pay Jim Chaney what we did and to make him the highest paid offense coordinator in the nation, I think that can be put to rest because this is now four straight games where he has been on the money. He's been on the money, not only just with play calling, but getting Shrout ready. Just he's been he's been awesome, and you know Georgia would be undefeated if they still had him, and they would be getting ready to beat Florida. But now, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody would be surprised if Florida beats Georgia. Nah, Florida's three and a half point underdogs right now, but I would uh, like Florida in plus three and a half. I, I feel like Florida is going to win, and if they had, you know, if Jake Fromm was what he was last year and their offense was what it was last year, I think everybody would pick Georgia. They would definitely be undefeated. But, you know, that beautiful, rotund man now resides in Knoxville, Tennessee, and he's going to get us to seven wins. Eight if you count the bowl game. Eight if you count the bowl game. Which, you know, many people laughed when we said nine wins. This team could have been a nine-win team. So, yeah, like we were – like I know this is shocking for people that are maybe just listening for like the first or second time, but – And I had somebody DM me actually saying they finally started listening. So there are people out there who are just still finding the podcast, which is crazy to me, but here we are. You know, so if you're that guy and it's your first or second time – I know this is shocking, but John and Seth were right yet again. We were right about Will Friend, we were right about Chris Winkie, and we were right about the fact this could have been a nine-win team. It should have been a nine-win team. And, I mean, those are... schedule is so easy, man. Those are just the facts. I know, schedule is so easy. Thankfully, at least, like, next year, we're not saddled with an awful SEC West team outside of Alabama. We get poor Arkansas. So, outside of, you know, playing Oklahoma, the schedule wasn't too much worse next year. But, yeah, the schedule was easy. We should have we went 9-3. and three. The first two games will remain a mystery. Well, not really a mystery. I mean, it was Garantano, but. Hold on a second. Let me go downstairs. Make sure somebody's not killing me or killing this damn dog. Be back in one second. Be sweet now. Be sweet. Okay. I'm back. Uh, so, yeah. Coaching staff, great. What, what are we talking about? Uh, this should have been a nine-win team. Yeah, nine-win team. I mean, South Carolina's trash, Mississippi State's trash, Kentucky's trash, Vandy's trash, Missouri's trash. These are all things we knew. BYU is trash. We... we you know, we really let that one get away. 
Georgia State's maybe not trash. I don't know, but we still should have beat their ass. Yeah, we still should have whipped them. Like, like I know this sounds crazy, but it's almost like I feel as if that like the BYU game is is to me the one that like bothers me more than Georgia State almost because we really did outplay them and we just lost. Like Georgia State was better than Tennessee when we played them. I mean, like yeah, we should have beat them. Blah blah blah. But like. BYU was the one, it was just like, it was literally one play, our really good quarterback lost his mind. That plus our quarterback, we were up 10, he throws a god-awful interception. Like, you know, there's a lot of things in that game that, you know, you shouldn't have lost to BYU. They were trash. Like, I mean, you, you at the very least could have been an 8-4 and four team. I mean, that's going to suck, but, uh, you know, obviously if Tennessee can finish strong, it'll almost be forgiven. Like, it, the if... Here's the thing I, I like, at least, is that if Tennessee finishes strong, there will be no choice but for the narrative to be about how resilient this team is and how good of a job the coaching staff did, if Tennessee is able to finish at 7-5. and five. You know, from being left for dead in September, really in August, I mean, we'd even make it out of August, but then after the BYU game, you have all these articles about how Pruitt's going to run a coup and all this shit, and how Pruitt's in over his head, blah, 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 blah. You would have no choice but to write your articles and do your spin about how resilient this team is and how he kept them together. Yeah, I'm blocked by Pete Tamil on Twitter, but uh, do we have an update? Is his name Tamil? I don't know. Okay, I was going to say, I've always called him Thamel. I wasn't sure. Thamel, whatever. I was just asking. I didn't know. Do we do we have an update from him about Phil Fulmer's, um, you know, Brutus moment here of, of stabbing Pruitt in the back? Do we have an update on that? Because... Everyone, please go tweet and try to get an update from Pete, T- Pete Tamil. I would like an update from him. I would like an update from that dork. I would like an update from Dan Wolken, who... Tw- oh, shit. Here we go. Seth's getting ready to unload the chamber of the journalist. Who tweeted out in the second... Here we go. Well, second or third quarter, whichever quarter it was, that Daryl Middleton's hit on Halinski was vicious, and Pruitt was going crazy and yelling at the ref. And then he did not tweet about the game one more time. But he made sure to get in that the hit was vicious and Pruitt was losing his mind and that Brian Edwards made a an elite catch on the goal line, which, to be fair to Edwards, he did. Dan Wilkin did not tweet about the game one more time. Do we have an update from him? Do we have an update from Dan Wilkin? Also, Stuart Mandel, Pat Forty, Brian Fisher, all... The dorks that said something about him grabbing Garantano's face mask. I would also like their thoughts on the hug that Garantano shared with his coach at the end of the game Saturday night. I would like an update on that. But they're cowards and they'll never say anything. And they're going to try... They're just not going to mention it, I think, John. Like... I just don't think they're going to mention it if we go 7-5. and five. They're just going to act like it didn't happen. And I think if they talked about it, they might say something about how resilient they are, but then they'll also throw in at the end a caveat about the first two games. You know, the narrative, it, it could be argued that Pruitt scared Garantano into playing a good game by grabbing his face mask. It could be argued. It could easily be argued. You didn't see him fuck up against, against South Carolina, did you? You did not. Things you did not see, Garantano screw up. You didn't see. You did things you did see though. You did see Garantano do a quarterback sneak for a first down. Shout out to Jim Shaney for that troll call. I mean, that was beautiful. I was laughing when we did a quarterback sneak with Garantano for the first down. Jim Shaney continues to press all the right buttons. I, I really don't think that they'll ever like. I don't think that they'll completely and totally flip the narrative to, wow, this team, they didn't quit, and Pruitt somehow got them to buy in. I think that they might say something about that, but they'll always throw in a little caveat that, you know, well, he lost to Georgia State and BYU because these people cannot admit when they're wrong. They cannot admit that they are wrong. And they just, they want Pruitt to lose bad, man. I mean, they really do because of the Shiano stuff. And well, right now he's saying, no, no, we are going to rally. We are going to win. 
sorry about it. Not going to lose. Going to try to win right now. And Tennessee, I mean, 10-point favorites over UAB. Are you worried about this game at all? No. I mean, if this team comes out and doesn't take anybody serious after what happened against Georgia State, then I mean, it's one of those games where Pruitt loses all of his goodwill if they lose this game. There's not much reward here, but it's another week and another chance to win. And we'll see how he handles the quarterback situation. He said Maurer would be back, but uh, do you think Maurer gets all the snaps? Like, even when the game's close, I'm not talking about like potential mop up duty. I just mean, do you think Maurer will play the entire game or do you, do you think they rotate him like they did this week? I don't know. I, I would think they continue to rotate. They almost seem to just like prefer to bring Garantano in as like a steady hand sometimes. Well, I don't know if he'll get in. I don't know. I, mean, I, I would think after he had surgery on his wrist or whatever that you know, he'd at least miss this game, but maybe not. I mean, I know he said that he's. I know they say he's available, but I still don't know if I buy that. A little uh, stats with Seth segment. Uh, UAB has beaten Alabama State, an FCS team that is three and four. Akron, who is 0-8, South Alabama, who is one and seven. Rice, who is 0-8. UT San Antonio, who is three and four. Old Dominion, who is one and seven. Their six wins are against teams that have won a combined five FBS games this season. Their lone loss is to five and three Western Kentucky. I'm not that worried about it, especially after the fact that I don't think we're ever going to take anybody. Um, you know, not serious again. So, I think that we'll roll. I think that we are better right now than every single team left on the schedule. I know that Missouri has not lost a game that is at home, blah, 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 but man, like, man, you just got whipped by Kentucky. They don't even try to throw the ball. Yeah, no, we should we should win six at, at the very least. I, I like going into Missouri. They've been good at home, obviously. They've been shitty on the road, good at home. But I think Tennessee played pretty well, you know, the last couple road games. Or I, I guess I should just say at Alabama. They didn't play well against Florida, but at Alabama they played pretty good on the road. I'm just – um, like, I know it sounds crazy to say that we should win out, but pl- – the thing is, is that the 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 win Saturday was different from the Auburn and Kentucky wins last year, and like the win against Mississippi State was different than those wins because like in these wins we straight up just controlled the line of scrimmage. You know, like our defensive line controlled the line of scrimmage Saturday. Our offensive line really held its own against a pretty good defensive line. Defensive line that's going to have a top 20 pick. We, we ran for over 130 yards. Um, last year against Auburn, we won because we threw deep balls. And, you know, we, we got some turnovers. But, like, the, the wins now are different than they were last year. Like, our defensive line totally controlled the game Saturday. We totally took the run away. Like, it's not like... Like the BGD, he he was he was awesome. So it's not like I'm not saying the Auburn win was a fluke last year, but like it was more it was certainly more flukish BGD. than like winning Saturday. So I, like going into Missouri, just Tennessee can win that game. I mean they've never lost at home. Yeah, it's crazy to me they've been at least nine and a half point favorites every game. I mean they haven't played anybody. So, I, I, who knows what that spread will be if Tennessee beats UAB and Kentucky and and then Missouri gets destroyed by, you know, Georgia and Florida who come in before us and we have a bye week. So, who knows what the teams look like at that point, but I like our chances. I think we can go 7-5. and five. I'll see you in Jacksonville. I know we'll hit the road together for oh, a, yeah. a bowl trip. When I say we'll hit the road together, I know that I'll go, and then you and your best friend Luke will go, and then maybe I'll see you there. But we'll hit the road together. I do think that it's kind of getting ripe for Missouri to just kind of pack it up and quit, right? I mean, I mean they don't have a bowl game to play for. So I they mean, don't have a bowl game to play for. Like Kelly Bryant, you know, like he's a little banged up. Like why should he go out there and risk his body for a team? He has to really be like, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, I mean he he could have he could have started at Auburn, dude. 
I wish I bet Auburn wishes they would have had him too because Bo Nix sucks. Bo Nix is terrible, and if how is how is Brian Mauer better than Bo Nix? Yeah, I, I was thinking that Saturday too, and like I didn't want to say it because it's like an ultra red take. But Brian Mauer is a lot better than Bo Nix, right? He can't complete a pass. He hasn't gotten any better. I remember thinking I was like, okay, well, Bo Nix wasn't good against Oregon, but he he didn't lose you the game. And he's going to keep getting better. And it's like, okay, he beat A&M on the road. Like, he didn't lose you the game again. Um, he hasn't gotten any better. He hasn't gotten any better. Like, there has been no development. And, like, what in the world is Malzahn doing? How how are your two quarterback choices, Bo Nix and Gatewood, or whatever his name is, who, like, just runs the ball? Like, how do you not have any more quarterbacks? Will is right. He's the exact same quarterback now as he was week one. Where's the development? Like, I, like Brian Mauer looks a lot better than Bo Nix, and I bet if they had Kelly Bryant, they would look really good because that defense is awesome. Yeah, if I'm Kelly Bryant, I'm mad that I went to Missouri, and if I'm those Missouri players, I'm about ready to pack it in and go to the crib. I just think I think it's getting ripe for them to kind of hang it up because they're going to get drilled these next two games and they're going to be sitting at five and five and if you can't go to a bowl then what in the world does it matter to get to six wins like if you're sitting there at you know if they were like they should have been eight no when georgia florida whoever they play next i just know they play them the next two games i don't know which is first but if you're sitting there at eight no with a top 10 team on the slate, like you know, you're you have a lot to play for, like. But it's sitting there at five and three, then five and four, then five and five. Like I could, it seems ripe for them to just pack it up. Barry Odom just doesn't seem like a very cool coach to play for. No, he seems like somebody that you would be willing to quit on a lot easier. Yeah, he just doesn't. Yeah, they have they have rallied a couple times in his tenure, like and finished the season strong. As we know, as they've beaten us 50-17 to 17 the last two years. But I'm hoping that what's going to happen to Missouri when we play them is equivalent of what's happening to the Golden State Warriors, where you just have teams taking out frustrations on people. Mm-hmm. Kind of like we did against South Carolina. We hadn't beat Muschamp, so let's beat them by 20. We've been waiting. Like, Missouri beat our ass the last two years. We owe them an ass-kicking. We owe them a little bit of retribution. I hope we're able not only to beat them, but rub it in them. Rub their nose in it a little bit. I want to be able. I just want to run the ball down their throat. Like that's been that's been what's so cool is like we weren't great on the ground Saturday, but we still rushed for well over a hundred yards. We still had a nice little yards per carry, much better than their yards per carry average. And we would have been killing for that ground that those ground numbers a year ago, two years ago. And after Saturday, we're all like, man. We didn't really run the ball well at all. That's how much better we've gotten. That's how much better the offensive line has gotten. Shout out to Will Friend. Will Best Friend. Shout out to Will Best Friend. I mean, talk about earning your money, man. But, you know, we haven't even mentioned Tracy Rocker or Chris Rumpf. Like, the defensive line, it's just like the offensive line has some dudes, you know. I mean, we have three five-stars that start. And Trey Smith is healthy. The defensive line, like, those guys weren't that highly rated. I mean, Kevon Bennett didn't have an offer from Alabama, and he's Cornelius Bennett's son. Um, you know, DeAndre Johnson, Karat Garland, Jaquan Blakely, these are guys that were not highly rated. Karat Garland had like four total offers. And they're going out there and they're controlling the line of scrimmage. We are getting off the edge and getting to the quarterback, even when we're not bringing a ton of players. And it, But Pruitt is calling some amazing quarterback blitzes. Like, uh, Schamberger played well Saturday. Yeah, we're helping create pressure with blitzes, but that's what you're supposed to do in 3-4. So, like, we, uh, the defense coordinator has putting together a good game plan to help out the defensive line, but these guys are also winning one-on-one matchups. And, yeah, I mean, like, Daryl Taylor's one-on-one matchups. Okay, we expected that. We did not expect, nobody 
if there was one thing we were wrong about in fall campus that we did not expect Kevon Bennett to be able to beat his man on the edge and get to the quarterback. Well, here's what I'll say, because uh, I don't think we were wrong. We're, we don't, we're not usually wrong. We just put our energy into JYD, but really anyone can represent JYD. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the new Joker movie. We don't know if that's actually the Joker or if that's just like inspiration. The JYD is just kind of used as a symbol. It's a movement. He's the Batman, if you will, or the movement. Yeah, like the JYD really just meant we're going to have a good defensive line play. So we kind of knew. So even we weren't really wrong on that. It's just, you know, Kevon Bennett, He he's the JYD. And I feel like he's he gets to the quarterback all the time. And it's kind of just like, you know, do what? Kevon Bennett is getting to the quarterback all the time? So suffice to say, Tracy Rocker and Chris Rumpf have done a really, really great job with the defensive line. But I would really, I just would love to see us go into Missouri, go into cold, freezing, miserable Columbia, Missouri, and just rob them of their will and kill them and just punish them on the ground. Run for like 200 yards. Murder them. We need to murder them. Just kill them dead. I mean, I think we can. I really do. I don't see. We're better than Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and UAB. And right now, you'd have a hard time convincing me we're not better than Missouri. All right, let's get to some patron questions. We got some new patrons to shout out. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. You'll get access to the Discord at $5 and up. My man Will Warren has started writing about the basketball team again. I'm pumped up to read those. He just dropped a, a free preview of the exhibition, or, or I guess this one was about what Tennessee's offense would look like. The defense is coming up soon, and then we got an exhibition game soon. We're getting ready to get into the season, so if you want access to his writings first before anybody, and there will be some exclusive ones in there as well, patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Seth, we got one, two, we got what, one, two, five new patrons, I believe, and one that's up their pledge. So shout out to a new $10 patron, Gilbert Orr. Shout out to Gilbert, we love you. Brian Parker went from $5 to $10. Shout out to Ryan Parker, we love you. No, 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 Brian. Brian, oh, shout out to Brian, we love like you. From the Fast and, like, like from the Fast and the Furious, Brian. Say it one more time, Brian Parker upped his pledge from $5 to $10. Shout out to Brian Parker, we love you. New $5 patron, Travis Dalton. Shout out to Travis. We love you. New $5 patron, Eli Cody. Shout out to Eli. We love you. New $5 patron, Josh Spencer. Shout out to Josh. We love you. New $2 patron, Aaron. Shout out to Aaron. We love you. Thank y'all for helping feed my family. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. All right, let's run through a couple questions. Have any of these questions caught your eyes? No, they have not. Because I haven't looked at them. Okay. I was going to say, I hope that means that you aren't taking shots at our family. You pissed everyone off from the mailbag. You pissed everyone off with, you pissed everyone off with the mailbag. I just I have to our family as customers. You really, you really fucked us there. You hate to see it. Will Warren, since we talked about it, says, Basketball season starts Wednesday. What are your expectations for the team? What's the bare minimum of acceptability this season? Keep in mind the recruiting class and what's to come in 2021. I expect my expectations are a five to seven seed. The bare minimum of acceptability for this season, I think, would be like um, the play-in game in Dayton. I expect to get into the NCAA tournament. So you'd be okay with the play-in game? Yes. Yeah, I mean, just make the NCAA tournament. I think I'd be okay with the play-in game as well. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't mean that you had a very good regular season. Obviously, it mean that it, if you if you're in the play-in game, it's probably because you had a good out-of-conference schedule and then really struggled in the SEC. Uh-huh. Or really middle of the tier in the SEC and got knocked out in your first SEC tournament game. So that would suck, but it is about 2021 with this program. That's true. The over-under of wins was set at, what, 21? So anywhere around there I'd be cool with. 
just make the tournament. Just make the tournament this year. I, I, I don't want to say you're playing with house money because you do have the, what, the third highest paid coach in the country. So it's not house money, but it's easy to sell a step back when you lose Grant, Admiral, Bone, and then you look and say, okay, this next year should have elite talent where Tennessee has you know three potential NBA first-round picks. There's so many chances in the out-of-conference play to get, you know, several, you know, really resume wins. Really good chances. You know, you got home games, you've got non-conference games, and then you get an SEC play. And yeah, the SEC is good, and we were and we were picked fifth. There's not a single team on that schedule that we can't beat at home. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee's obviously been awesome at home, so you don't... I mean, Memphis, I think we all kind of were freaking out whenever we were also mad at Barnes. You know, family fights, it's okay, Rick, we love you. Our bad, we get a little eccentric sometimes. You you kind of wanted to leave us, but it's fine, whatever. You got to do what's best for your career, and I know you respect John Wooden a lot, so it really would have been disrespectful if you didn't listen to UCLA. So it's all good, man. It's all good. We got a little frustrated. We... Uh, you know, because of that, we overrated Memphis, who has a chance of being just another shitty mid-major team type of thing that is a lot more, uh, I guess, overvalued or, I guess, overrated than they actually are, especially with James Wiseman. I mean, is this guy even going to play? Is he, is he, do we have an update on him? That he hasn't practiced. He didn't play in the, in the scrimmage. I mean, they're not picked to win the conference. Right. So, I mean, they'll... They're definitely beatable in Knoxville, and it didn't feel that way in April or May whenever we were freaking out. And I'm not saying that they didn't have a great class. They did. But the class, they only had two five-stars. It wasn't like a Kentucky – it wasn't like a Duke class where Duke got, like, the the top three players or Kentucky getting – you know, three or four or five stars. Like, they got several, several top 100 players, and only two were five stars. And if one of them doesn't even play, or isn't that good, I mean, there's just a lot. I think we can beat them at home. There's nobody on that schedule we can't beat at home, and I think we can beat some of these good SEC teams on the road. Um, I think we probably just have to win, like, four, four road games in the SEC. Like, four road games in the SEC might get you, like, a first round or double bye in the, in the SEC tournament. Yeah, I think a five seed is very attainable. Agree. Yeah, so to answer the question, like my expectations are to be uh, a six seed or better. That doesn't mean that. I guess originally when we talked about that, I was saying like the bare minimum, bare minimum I would take. If you make the tournament, I'll be okay. But I do expect this team to fight for like a six or seven seed in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I've gotten pretty excited about it. I think it'll be good. There's just so many chances in that non-conference schedule to really, really boost a resume. And we know we know how Rick performs in November and December. Regular season, Rick, baby, we're coming for him in Destin. We're coming for that tournament trophy in Destin. You bet your ass we are. Don't be surprised to see us cutting down the nets. Do not be surprised. Close your eyes. Look up, Purdue. No, wait. Now open your eyes. That's us cutting down the nets. Now close your eyes again. See you in hell. Don't be surprised. OG Matt asks, question for you both. What are your five favorite Discord channels? Take your time. Get all day. Vol football is number one. Okay. Um, I like the banter in the NFL channel. Okay. Everything shitty tweets. Okay. I like the the college football channel because I like when our brother and newly married man Will Warren posts his good stats in that channel. Got to be honest, I very rarely go in there. Well, you're missing out. I'm not arguing that it's not good. I'm just saying I never go in there. I don't really care about college football outside of Tennessee right now. And then uh, probably general, just for old time's sake. 
nostalgia purposes. Just what we just what we once had. I like Josh VFL. <laughs> I like everything shitty tweets. I like everything good tweets. I like NBA. I like NFL. Switch NFL and NBA around. NFL's two. NBA's number one for me. Those are my top five. Jackie asks, pick one. Liberty Bowl versus Big 12. Independence Bowl versus ACC. Outback Bowl versus Big 10. I mean, it's got to be Outback Bowl versus Big 10, right? Yeah. Liberty Bowl's in Memphis. No thanks. No offense to anyone who lives in Memphis. Independence Bowl. I don't even know where that is. Is that one Shreve? Yeah. Court? Yeah, no thanks. Uh, Outback Bowl versus Big Ten. I think we'd have an advantage over a Big Ten team. Maybe not, though. Maybe they might give us Michigan. That might suck. Right? Wouldn't that that that'd kind of suck if you had to actually play a good Big Ten team. Yeah, I'm out on Michigan in the in the Outback Bowl. Yeah, maybe on second thought, like the Outback Bowl is probably going to get like what Michigan or or, or um, Penn State maybe even if they lose. Eh, Penn State's probably gonna, no Penn State will get in that large bit. So probably Michigan. That's really it though that I'd be scared of. Yeah, like I saw what I was looking at yesterday. ESPN had us. Their two guys had us going to Jacksonville for the Tech Slayer Bowl. One had one had us playing Iowa, the other had us playing Indiana. Uh, give me both of those. Yeah, the uh, I'd much rather have that than the Outback Bowl against an actual good team. I would rather just take uh, shitty Iowa or shitty Indiana and take our chances there. Yep. You should see Frank right now just laid up on this couch. Because he's a king. Whatever had him stressed out earlier no longer has him stressed out. He's okay now. That's good. I don't know what had him so stressed out, but then he was stressing me out. My God, he wouldn't quit barking. G-Man asked thoughts on Jeff Fisher to Vandy. I mean, like that, what is that even coming from? Him liking Nashville, I guess. I mean, why would he take that job? Are they, can they really fire Derek Mason? I mean, it's a free country. Yeah. Although you would think that him beating Missouri helps him a lot. Yeah, and just like he's won. I mean, he went to a bowl game last year. That's two in a row they've won, right? Didn't they? Or no, no, they beat Van- Okay, what did they do last week? Were they off last week? They were off last week. Okay, so they beat Missouri. Missouri just got their ass kicked. Missouri's lost five straight to Kentucky. Well, how you don't you don't just walk into Kroger Field and come out alive, buddy? That's true. That's true. One does not do that. One does not walk into Kroger Field and face off against Lynn Bowden Jr. at quarterback. There is no time for price checks at Kroger Field. You should have downloaded the app, buddy. My thoughts on Jeff Fisher to Vandy would be that that uh, would be a disaster. <sighs> that just. But I mean, it's it's Vandy, so I mean, I don't know what what they expect, but. I would go, it's been said before, I would go like triple option there and just try to be the SEC team that people don't want to play. Paul Johnson seems perfect there, right? It's Paul, he's retired though, right? Like he doesn't. Yeah, sure. Jeff Muckin Army. I was, I, mean, I was just wondering, like Paul Johnson, yeah, I mean, if he would coach, yeah, that'd be a really good fit. And Army has fallen apart. I thought they were going to be good this year. Oh, they have? Okay. Yeah, they're not good this year. They're like three and five. Okay. But I mean that mean he he might leave as uh you know Troy Wright's the Navy coach. Yeah, I mean Navy's actually throwing the ball more. So uh, that's what I would do. Uh, many people have said that Jeff Fisher doesn't seem like he would play the type of football to win at Vanderbilt. No, it seems like it would be extremely boring. It seems like it'd be extremely boring football that really requires you to have exceptional players to win. Yeah, you're not going to line up and play old school football. Like with Vandy. I'm more interested to see what Arkansas does with Morris. Because I I think they have to bring him back. But, man, how do you? Texas Red asks, question for me. I love the questions for me. Uh, Rank these three, Devin Booker, Trey Young, or Luka. Well, the number three is by far Booker, and there's a big wide gap. I mean, I don't mean that to be disrespectful. It's just Booker's not on those those guys' level. He's not as good as Trey. He's like a poor man's Trey, basically. Like, he's just not any good compared to Trey. 
I won't say not any good, but he's he's fine. Uh, so he's number three by far. Uh, number two, see, this is where it gets tough because obviously I'm a Trey guy. Mm-hmm. Luca's probably a little bit better now because he's bigger, but I also think Luca's a lot closer to his ceiling than Trey is. Although the way Trey played the first two games, hitting those deep threes, like if he can consistently do that, he's going to be better this year. But Luca's probably a little bit better now because he's bigger and plays defense, but Trey. I think still has a, a lot of ways to get better in terms of shooting and getting better teammates that he can pass the ball to and, you know, get better at defense. But I will say, like, I, I think that both of these people are in the perfect spot. Like, Trey Young in Atlanta, Seth, is a perfect fit. Like, you know, they needed a superstar they could rally behind. And Mark Cuban needed a white guy to uh, build around. How has Porzingis done this year? He's been good. But I mean, they've played. They've beaten two shitty teams. I mean, it's it's early. But so he fine. looks okay. Like, yeah. Okay, I didn't know if the injury was a concern or what. Yeah. So I mean, like Atlanta got their superstar and Trey, and they also get Cam Reddish, who's looked okay. And uh, Mark Cuban got him a European white guy, and he didn't have to deal with any of these black AAU players that he said he didn't like. So it's a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. How bad are the Warriors? Oh man. I nailed that one, huh? Yeah, like that. Just, I don't want to take a victory lap yet because the season's early, obviously. But they're five point underdogs tonight in New Orleans, so I mean, it looks like they're going to be zero and three. They can't afford to dig themselves too big of a hole because they can't afford to have to play Steph and Draymond eighty games this year trying to dig out of it. So it's early, but man, uh, they have to be careful here this first month. Is is the is uh, D'Angelo Russell not doing anything? I mean, uh, I think he's been okay or is slightly bad. But, man, you've seen the first couple of games, they can't guard anybody, and that's what I was worried about. They can't play defense. It'll get a little better when Willie Cauley-Stein gets back, but, like, that ain't going to help Steph and, and, and D'Angelo Russell, who can't play defense. It's not going to help them. They have Willie Cauley-Stein? Yeah, he hasn't played yet. He's been, he's been hurt. Who did he play for before? The Kings? The Kings. And he got traded or signed with them? Uh, they didn't sign him. Yeah, the the Kings didn't re-sign him. Mm, okay. So they beat the Lakers, I see. Oh, no, that was preseason. They've lost to the Clippers, and they've lost to the Thunder. Wow, they are giving up a ton of points. Yeah, they can't. They can't play defense. Oh, my goodness. Man, you... I don't know if that gets better. Man, you know, I really hate to see this happen to Steve Kerr. Man. Just torn up about it. I've never heard of these people they have coming off the bench. Spellman. Yeah, I was going to ask you to play a little NBA quiz, but you've already looked at the roster. Yeah, they have just a bunch of G-leaguers out there right now. But they don't really have a way to get better. So maybe you trade D'Angelo Russell for something, but I don't know what you could get back for him. So uh, maybe you get something like Andre Drummond. I think that might make sense for Detroit down the line. I don't know. But, yeah, it's bad news right now in Golden State. Like I said, don't want to overreact too much and take a victory lap, but – I said they'd be uh, miss the playoffs, and I feel very confident that they will miss the playoffs. Like it doesn't seem like Clay Thompson would even make that much of a difference then. Um, if what you're saying is like they're this bad, like is Clay Thompson going to be that much of a difference? He'd get them to the playoffs. Clay Clay would help get them to the playoffs, maybe. Um, but if he played a full season, but I don't know. I, I, we'll see. What, we'll we'll rejudge them in like two weeks. All right, on the way out, I just wanted to uh, thank you, Seth. You opened by thanking me uh, or congratulating me on my award. I want to thank you. You're a big part of that. Even though you don't really do the radio with me. You used to call in back in the day, but you don't have time anymore, which is understandable. But I appreciate you and all you do. appreciate the patrons for helping make it possible and helping me stay on the radio. Because sometimes, I mean, especially the last couple of years, like the advertising dollars in the offseason has been, you know, low. So, the patronage helps keep this going and helps motivate me. And obviously me winning an award is because so many of them mobilized and wanted to uh, go and make sure I won. So I love everybody. I appreciate the support. Seth, like I said, I appreciate you. And hopefully over the next year and a half or so, we'll get to start talking about a good football team. I love you, buddy. I love you. Have a good night. You too, buddy. Bye-bye.
them shakes, made up a dance, how come you shook, and I ain't took out my hands, beans, star, bucks, star, struck, bitch coming soon, that's cause you suck, that's coming soon, Jump, 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 jump. 